Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, Elise with the assist. Yeah, no, I am. I'm excited about the, the signings. So this is uh, a episode straight out of my bizarre mind. Uh, uh, during my last episode, I said on the recording, where is Sean Ringrose? I need Sean because everything was the same answer. There was no parody. And Rob did an outstanding job and was a fantastic guest. So then I was, tonight I was watching Sean and Mark on Generation Orange and it hit me. I should ask Sean if he's busy and do this. I've also, I've also, I've also during, during, during the show that I co-host, right? Yeah, man. I wonder if that I guy's did, busy right now. I did it on Twitter. I didn't do it in the show chat. I wouldn't do that. That's fucked up. No, no, that, that would have been that. funny. Although no, I, I wouldn't do that. I did man. mention to you during the show. Now I don't check Twitter anymore during the show. I've got too much going on. I'm doing all the OBS stuff, man. It's it's crazy. Oh yeah, I bet. But no, man, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask that in the show. I'm not. I'm not tacky. <laughs> Like, I mean, not, you're, you're thin. We expect things. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Though. That's, I, have more, I have I have rules. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you my uh, cell phone number after this, and you can just text me next time. I do have yeah. my cell phone next to me. I may not check it frequently, but it is next to me. Yeah, and it, it was a good episode tonight. So if you missed Generation Orange, which is where the Professor Sean Ringrose hails from, they are on all social uh, streaming platforms. Yeah, Spotify, all that. Yeah, check them out. Yeah. I missed... <laughs> Podcast format is uh, is up on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, thanks to Anchor, check them out; they're awesome. Did you guys just start that? Uh, no, we did that last year, about halfway through the season. Um, okay, I found it and started playing around with it, and I got a format this year that I'm able to do it a lot faster. Uh, so basically, as soon as our show's over, I just real quickly. <laughs> nobody cares about this, but. I just very quickly take the audio, uh, just do a couple of quick edits to clean up some of the the music from the beginning to clear, shorten it up a little bit, and then some from the end, uh, and then just upload that to the to the platform, and it shares it out to all the primary, like all the major platforms for podcasting. So it makes it super easy. If you're not doing it, Finn, you need to do it. No, SoundCloud. I do it through Anchor. I do it through them, and I went and I added uh, my RSS to a couple of other sites. I got linked yeah. it. So. Same, it's, it's same distributed same. distributed pretty well yeah so so like last week i missed half of their show because i was on a date was I, I feel i feel sorry for you uh did you happen to catch the beginning of this week's show where mark provided that. a very valuable lesson for you when it comes to dating maybe i missed that part probably too late at this point in your relationship for this to be to be of use but uh, he said it's very important that you don't give everything up front, that you leave a little something, you know, to to, to show later. Uh, so just keep that in mind. You know, don't don't give everything up front, just like with podcasting, man. You don't give everything up front. You got to you got to hold the teasers, you know, until a little bit later. Get people to, to listen through the first 30 minutes of the show before you drop the like big bomb. You know, are you talking about <laughs> are you talking about like intimate relations? Oh no, yeah, that that's definitely the halfway point of your show for sure. Absolutely 100 percent Oh yeah. <laughs> it happened. It's not it's the fucking start of the show. That's the first topic. <laughs> yeah, bro, your your ball's deep and we haven't even made it 10 minutes in. I'm just saying. Oh, is... <laughs> Wait, hold on, man. You cut out. What did you say? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. I said, no, man, I you're not even not. I said you're not even 10 minutes into the show and you're already balls deep, man. <laughs> Ooh, I like that one. So yeah, no, that that's that's the first topic because um I we haven't for three months, like we've been seeing each other for three months and we are grown adults and we have not. The other night we finally did, and I it was well, man. I'm like I I brag, I've bragged before about how how attractive she is. Oh sure. my sure. god, sure. it's oh so are you so, going to the first, I know this is going to be totally off, off topic. Are you going to the first match of the season? Yeah, but I'm not bringing her if that's why you're asking. Uh, Stay away. No, 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 not, no, not like I'm that. Taking, I'm going with my kids. I'm, I'm taking my kids. Oh, there you go. No, I was, um, was going to support you. I was going to be like, man, this Finn guy is amazing. I hope you realize that. He's a total keeper. 
Yeah, no, I'm, sh- I will, I'm the ultimate wingman. I will talk you up to the point that that like they have no choice but to acknowledge that you are amazing. I'm just saying. Oh, she's she's already met like my my best friends. Oh, there you uh, go. So she she already knows. She's already gotten. I guess talked to them, but she likes them. They like her too. But yeah, man. Well, finally. But that was awesome because that changed my life. That's the first time I've ever done that with a ten. <laughs> uh, but moving on from that, I mean, do you have any relationship updates you want to share? No, no, no. Good. We're good. All right. I so. have a, I have a, uh, I've had a very abusive relationship with the Houston Dynamo for the last uh, seven or eight years, and uh, I finally feel like we've turned the corner. <laughs> well, uh, we're now in the protection of Ted Siegel Foster Care. That's right. That's right. They, BDT, as we like to, as we like to refer to him. Big, yeah, big the authorities. Ted. Oh my God, it's huge. The uh, <laughs> the authorities have removed us from the abusive home of the Jordans, the Jordan right. residents. That's now right. we are currently being fostered by Big Dick child, Ted. Child, child Protective Services, in the form of Don Garber, stepped in and said, "Hey, Ted Sigil, have you heard of the Dynamo? Oh, you haven't. Let's resolve that." <laughs> I like our new dad so far, dude. Our new dad is pretty amazing. Yeah, like if he was, if he was, if okay, if my parents were divorced and this is who she brought home and he was doing stuff like this, I'd be like, you can do whatever you want. Look, look, he, he's bringing out like he's bringing out Rolexes and like BMWs, Lamborghinis, Ferrari. He's bringing out Ferraris. I mean, that's for literally, sure. literally, literally bringing out Ferraris. And you know, we're all sitting here going, yes, daddy. <laughs> yeah, you want, thank daddy. you, sir. May I have another? Exactly. So that goes that goes to the first point, which is Hector Herrera. And we have we've all talked about it so much that I'm to the point now where after watching Tottenham lose to Burnley in my mind, I'm now like, oh, it's not going to happen. Like in my mind, I am I'm cursing this in my mind. Like, it's not going to happen. Sure. I could see this not happening. And because everybody is very built up right now. Yeah. You know, it's the uh, it's the you've been on three dates. And, you know, or you've been dating for three months and, and the pressure's building, you know, there, there's a point that you've got to have some kind of release. And, and uh, you know, I, I can tell you what I've heard, uh, which is, you know, a lot of it's been on Twitter, which is that Pat was there today, uh, you know, at, uh, at, you know, at the facility he's uh, he met with, I can say for sure, he's already met with Hector. Uh, they provided an offer. The offer that I've seen reported on Twitter is accurate, four million a year. Um, and, uh, they're looking to get him on a free and it'll be for the summer and he's mulling it over. Basically, they're expecting him to, you know, think about it for the week, uh, and, you know, and, and hoping to get some sort of response back. But, you know, like we were talking in our show, uh, Mark and I, you know, it's, it's, this is a monumental shift in the identity of what is the Houston dynamo, right? Like in such a way that it's so hard to wrap your head around almost and you know it's 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 spurs right now if they went out and signed killian mbappe you know it it would be pantomount to a massive signing and and at the same time or holland or you know there's plenty of players you know that they could go out and sign and and make a make you know make a serious like uh you know a serious commitment to antonio conte but it's for us as Dynamo fans, we've been beaten down so repeatedly that something at this level in this nature just feels absurd. And, you know, I, I was I mentioned in the show two years ago, if you would have said Hector Herrera or you just said any Mexican national team player that actually plays for the senior team and isn't just a, you know, an afterthought like a Kubo Torres was. You know, if you'd said, oh, yeah, the Dynamo are linked with this player, I'd have been like, yeah, because their agent, you know, is just trying to drum up some extra interest and, you know, to try to drive his price up elsewhere. This is actually not only does it have legs, it's legit. There's a very good chance that Hector Herrera is wearing orange by the summer. And and that is crazy to me. This is I said it before, you know, people talk about how big Chicharito was. He was big. However, this is that big, I think. Like, I think this is that big because Chicharito is no longer playing for the Mexican team. And it's El Tree. Is it El Tree? Yeah, El Tree. I've, call- I've been calling it El Tree because I'm a fucking great. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's El Tree, just like Austin, El Tree, you know. Ugh. I hate those guys. <laughs> Me too. So, but he's, man, right now, you can say, you could argue Chucky, but he is the 
most you know noticeable. I think. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. Jimenez. Jimenez is up there, but this guy is. I mean, Atletico just won La Liga. Yeah. They just played yeah. Man U in the Champions League, like. And Drew. Yeah, and he's he's still relevant, and for, at his age to come in MLS and play his position, he's got four or five years. Re- realistically, he's got he could play four. Boney played till he was thirty eight. Okay, this guy could play till he's thirty six. I, I don't want him to. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. this is this is massive. It like you said, it's a it's a culture shift, and this is you could not pick. Chucky would be better. You could not pick anybody else that would be better than this guy to bring here. After I think Chucky. You're not getting Chucky. You're not getting him. Well, you know, I I brought up this point and, you know, as much as I think that it would be nice for you and I to have this tit for tat back and forth, you know, slugfest type thing. I I think this is fair. You know, we're both kind of in shock and in a very positive way, but I brought this up, you know, this feels very much if they get, if Pat gets this across the line, if Ted gets this across the line, if Hector agrees, and this is a summer transfer that happens, this feels like Carlos Vela. This feels like Carlos Vela being paired with Diego Rossi uh, in LAFC because you're going to pair Hector Herrera with Sebastian Ferreira. Rossi's a little bit younger. I don't even think Rossi's. He, he is. He is. But, but, but in just the saying, general, you know, the yeah. general pairing partnership thing, you know, it it, it is it, it is huge because and Mark brought it up and I think it's a valid point that. You know, you bring in a guy like Hector Herrera, a, a guy who's an established player, an established name, that's going to take so much of that pressure off Sebastian Ferreira and give Sebastian Ferreira a chance to, to really mold into the MLS player that, that he can be or or better than MLS player for all we know. And you know what I, I think? I mean, I don't I don't know a lot about it, but from what I've seen and the vibe he gives me, he is Houston. He fits this city. Oh, yeah. Carlos sure. Vela is not Houston. Chicharito no, is no. not Houston. Car- Carlos Vela is very much LA or Miami. Yeah, this guy. I'm not gonna lie. Gonzalo Higuain was a little Houston. He wanted to go out and play with a pack of cigarettes. This guy, but th- this guy's more. But this guy's Houston in the good way. Yeah, Higuain exactly. is Houston in the bad way. <laughs> so I- Higuain, yeah. is, uh, Higuain is Houston. Uh, Hector Herrera is more H Town. If that makes any sense. Yeah, like he's. He gives me that vibe like he could be the guy and Triple H. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's for there. sure. But I, I think this shows how serious Siegel is because four million a year is a lot of money in MLS. That's a lot, dude. That's that's half a salary cap. Yeah. That's well, no, cap. if you don't buy no, down, the, the salary, well, the salary, the salary budget right now for MLS teams is 5.25 million, I believe for 4.8 oh. million, something like that. You're, you're a little low. You're so, right. but it, it basically is just under a full salary cap for, you know, for a single MLS team. And, yeah, science and to was be never f- my strong suit. <laughs> no, no comment. Yeah. You, you're one of those really quality math debaters, aren't you? I have baited once or twice <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Uh, but, you know, you, you look at it and, and the reason you're willing, at, if you're Ted, to pay $4 million for a player like this is because of the opportunities that this player is going to afford you, the doors this guy is going to open, whether it's future players, whether it's current players, whether it's uh, sponsorship opportunities, business opportunities, whether it's just having his face out there as a public persona uh, to draw attention to the club. Uh, he's going to drive ticket sales. He's going to put butts in the seats, at least initially out of the gate. Um, you know, there, there's so many levels of this and so many layers of this that it just makes so much sense in a very positive way. I mean, literally every single person who watches Mexican team play will know who the Houston Dynamo are. They will know because he is the top three in their country. And now he's going to be, he might be here. Everybody's throwing a no. So it, it's the residuals, the trickle down is, it's massive. It's this is ma- absolutely massive. This, this is, this is a, I hate to say this. This is a can't miss signing. And you know, you mentioned math debating. That was, <laughs> I almost canceled this because I was about to. So glad I could ruin your night. I got an itch. You know? 
it's young. It's nine fifty. You got a scratch. You got a scratch. So yes, I am. I'm man. I, I if we get the, there was real quick before we move on. There was something else that I brought up, and it was a point that I felt like a lot of people didn't grasp. The, the what Ted and what Pat and what Asher have said and Paolo himself have said this season and their preseason. Sorry, they've said repeatedly the goal and the aim and players too is the playoffs. We want to make the playoffs this year. Hector Herrera gets you closer to that. He he definitely is is a step in that right direction. He's definitely a huge step in that right direction. The fact that Hector Herrera though is being is being tout you know is being uh, sorry is being courted for the summer window. It's really important because it that still falls in line with the we're aiming for playoffs. Hector Herrera is not the end. It is a start. It, it is another step towards that, which means that there are other opportunities that are going to present themselves where you're going to be able to bring in players that are going to fit what you're trying to do. Because if we get it across, Hector Herrera is that type of player that he's going to attract other talent to come to the club. Yeah, he's going to call guys he knows and say, hey, come play with me. He's got to like go. it here. Like we do, we do have to make it a thing. We, we have, I to think it's this. on this. I think it's not just on the club. It's on the supporters to, to truly welcome him and make him feel like he is that he is everything to this club. You know, he, he rep, make him understand, let him understand that he represents what we most want our club to be. Yeah. And you said, you said playoffs. And I'm telling you, I've said this before. If these rumors, these serious rumors, the Herrera's, the uh, the young Brazilian kid, and there's another one. If those are true, if we can pull all of them off, we make the playoffs. Because I really think we do. Because we will pull it off all in the summer window, which gives us, what, three months? That's 12 matches. It's 36 points. It gives you 36 possible points. That's four. So we would need, okay. That's playoffs. And and you say it's a start. It is because when we make the playoffs, if this happens, we're going to go in as a seven, six seed. Mm-hmm. It's the next year that we're looking at. We might have a home game. I mean, there's a chance. I really, I realistically think we would end up as like a five, but we, I mean, but if they invest again, like they are now. Yep. Exactly. You're looking at a two or you're looking at a three. Yeah. And you're going to get yeah. a home game for, for a team. For a team that in preseason right now, power ranked, uh, you know, multiple people have put it out there. MLS pundits, which, by the way, are never right anyways when it comes to the Dynamo. But all every one of them almost to a T have us in last place or near the bottom of the table in the Western Conference. And I get it. I understand it. They haven't shown anything. They're still in the process of building the team. Everything's not there yet. You still have some question marks or, you know, around the team. I get all that. I understand all that. But at the same time, I look at this team and I say, we can at least be competitive. And if we're at least competitive throughout the season and we have the right approach and we have the right players at depth positions that that can help us get over those humps that we traditionally run into in the summer. And, and you bring in a player like Hector Herrera in the summer window, then, yeah, I, I have to think that, that this team is a team that can compete for the top five, top six, top seven spots in, in the West and surprise a lot of other teams and a lot of the pundits and analysts and Frankly, I feel like it's kind of a Houston versus the world thing at this point when it comes to the Dynamo, and I love that. I, I really do. Yeah, I always, I kind of feel like the media has this hard on for us because of how we won in the beginning. I feel like they still kind of hold that against us. You know, I do. Like that's always yeah. like their fallback, but we can well, always it, fall back to them as well. Yeah, well, and they like to say, you know, or they don't, but, you know, there are those out there who like to say that the Dynamo didn't earn their, you know, the championships. Houston didn't earn those championships. We, you know, we basically bought the championships and brought them here, you know, in a way. But look, I mean, that happens. That happens in the NFL. That happens in the NBA. That's happened in the NHL. That's happened, you know, around the world. Um, You know, it it happens. And it's not nice. Should have a nicer fucking city. Or they wouldn't yeah, have left. I mean, they basically San Jose basically San Jose basically pushed out the team, and the team was looking for a place to call home. And Houston, you know, made it a, a, a very you know very viable option for them. Uh, all reluctant a smashing job, uh, but you know it, it is it is a point to be had that yeah we didn't exactly earn those trophies in that way. We didn't have to build a team from the ground up, but at the same time we started an MLS when building a team from the ground up wasn't a thing. 
you weren't building a team from the ground up. You were basically handed a, a handful of players. And then you, most of those teams that came in around the same time, they already had established academy systems for 10, 15 years. They had established USL systems for 10 to 15 years. You know, these are teams that had been competing at a lower level for, for a good period of time. They had established fan bases already built up. We were never going to have that because Houston was not a soccer town in that way at that point. Yeah. And speaking of where we're going to finish up in cities, um, as is right now, I feel like we will finish ahead of Austin, but below Dallas. I feel like Dallas have done more, even though they have floated a, a Pepe, Pepe. But bring him, we're going to go first into the, the Austin loss. The thing with this, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, I, I understand we didn't play well, but our game plan went out the window quite quickly with the injury to Coco. So that was an anomaly. It's also preseason. It, it is a practice. It's a practice. And yes, it's a practice that we didn't look good in, but it's still a practice. And I'm, I'm beginning to think, and I really feel like Austin and Dallas, they, they really get up when they play us. Like they we're big for them. Like we're important. And I'm not feeling that's returned by us. And, and I blame it on the amount of turnover we've had the last two years and changes in coaching staff and everything. I don't think it's, it's big for us, which bothers me, but I understand it. What about you? I, I think you're correct. Historically speaking in the last, I would say four to five seasons, we've seen a significant diminishing of that rivalry with, with Frisco with Dallas. I, 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 you know, I can firmly say that because I've, you know, I, I've experienced it from both sides in terms of the high end of it when the early days versus what it, what it's been recently. But I think there's something different when it comes to Austin. And, and part of this is because Frisco is not the same team there. You know, we weren't the same team, but Frisco weren't the same team. Their ownership sucks. Their ownership was is honestly right now is worse than we had it under Brenner. Yeah, they are, um, their ownership is terrible for the amount of money they've made. Their ownership is terrible, but it, 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 in, you know, and it's not just the hunts, but it, it goes beyond that to the point of they're actively and proactively trying to push out their supporters base. They don't care about their supporters groups. In fact, they loathe them to a, a significant level. And to be fair, I loathe their supporters groups, but it's for a completely different reason, of course. But uh, I, what are they? That has, the president of El Matador sits in. Did you see that? Uh, what? The president of the one of the FC Dallas supporters groups who was in the show tonight. Yeah, yeah. Luis. Yeah, I actually know who yeah. he is. Uh, so, but so you, uh, you don't like them. I, I don't I, I don't like the supporters groups because of the rivalry. I, I like Luis like Luis and I get along. We're, we're you know, we've we've played Rocket League a number of times together, so we get along pretty well. Aww. But but if it came down to it and I was at a match and he was at a match, oh, you better believe fists are, th- fists are flying. I'm not holding back hands like, you know, look, there's a respect and there's an appreciation, but that's not going to stop me if it comes to it. But, but I wouldn't fight that level right there with Frisco. It's just different now. Like I said, it's diminished so much. It it has. And even their own fans from the Frisco perspective, they even have said to me multiple times, it just doesn't feel like a rivalry anymore. Yeah. You know, it feels it feels like there's just not that intensity. It doesn't feel like there's that energy behind it. They love to rub it in, and that's whatever. That's like Arsenal and, and Spurs, right? Like we love to rub it in. Yeah, but, but there's an intensity there too. Th- there is an intensity sometimes, but then sometimes there's not. Like there should be, but I don't always see it to the same level. I think that other people see it. Um, but the thing with Austin is that that fan base no matter how long we go and how long it, it'll be that fan base is always going to grate my nerves that team is always going to piss me off and i know that our players feel the same way like that they legitimately do not like austin i don't know especially with maxi going there it's even like escalated a whole nother level you know and and that's fine i don't like them either I, you know it, it's fine for them to be that way but I, I, it's just going to take that. It's going to help escalate that whole thing. It's going to help take it to another level. And if the players get 
into it. If the players can, can, and, and with Pat as that guy at GM and Paolo as that guy as coach, these are two players that played in some of the rough, heavy areas. And for the heavy MLS hitting teams, they understand what rivalry is about. They understand what these heavy matches are about. And, and so trust me when I say that when it gets time in the season for these matches to come up, they're going to pump the hell out of the players to understand you are not just playing for yourselves out there. and You're not just playing for a W. This holds way more value than that. This holds way more water than that. This is a rivalry. You need to get up for this rivalry. You need to have that intensity for this rivalry match and understand that you are being judged off of these specific matches this season. The rest of the matches, yes, we still want you to play really well, but if there are any matches this season that you play your best, it needs to be these matches specifically. And I think that I think that Pat will be able to, between Pat and Paolo, they'll be able to get that point across very clearly. Yeah, you know, you talk about the rivalry with Frisco not being really there. My The difference in my Twitter analytics from the day we played Austin versus the day we played Frisco, there was a slight, there was a, a bump versus Dallas versus Austin. It was off the fucking charts. It was, it was wild. Like I wrote a controversial joke surprise that ended up being seen by almost 18,000 people. Uh, so that was fun. So it was a busy weekend, but yeah, the, the intensity from Dallas, there's zero, very little, very little Austin. There's a fucking horde of them. And I despise them, but I also pity them. And here's why. They are being fucking raped financially. Mm-hmm. This is not a, this is actually a rape thing. Yeah, I guess you guys can get mad at this one. They're not listening. They're like financially, they are. They're getting just taken, man. And they are just there for it. And I look at what they've done this offseason. And I don't, I don't see, okay, you brought in a new midfielder, but you got rid of Pochettino. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't change anything. You didn't really upgrade. Maxi Arudi's an upgrade. We got rid of him. We yep. didn't want him. And we finished fucking last. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they are getting just bent over. And I don't know how long it's going to take for them to see it, but eventually I don't think they'll ever see it. I think they're fucking daft to be honest. And I think they'll just continue to go and pay this over to pay they're going to overpay for an underpriced product right they're going to overpay for an under whatever they're going to pay too much yeah. for what they're getting yeah yeah but i yeah. I, I, I agree with you they've not done hard you know hardly anything at all this off season to warrant the level of approval by that i've seen from analysts out there and and pundits and again i i don't put a lot of stock in what i see from pundits and analysts because they all have their agendas that they're trying to push and they're all going to support the you know the bigger supported clubs and the bigger names because they want to drive that extra traffic and you know i've talked about that on twitter about why the striker you know is so pro uh, austin at times because that's their biggest fan base that's the biggest readership they're going to have so they're going to talk about Austin as much as they can. They're going to draw, you know, they're going to, they're going to use that to try to tilt dynamo fans because it drives people talking about it, which the more publicity you can get, the better. But, uh, you know, I think there's going to be a point very clearly soon enough where Austin fans are going to have to come to the reality check that they're not as good as, you know, the Houston dynamo and FC Frisco. And, you know, there's going to be a point that I think we start to see diminishing returns on that franchise Because eventually those, you know, yeah, your hardcores may still stick around. You may still have your thousand plus that show up for your match. But those other 15,000 that are currently showing up because it's cool, that's going to that's going to get chilly real quick. That's going to get boring really quick when your team is constantly not winning. It makes me wonder how many of them are there for the actual sport or just for the party community atmosphere? Well, how many I'll frame it this way. How many of them are paid to be there in the supporter section? I can tell you for a fact that they hire people to play in their band. They put out newspaper ads and and ads on social media trying to find people to play in their band. That's sad that that tells you the level of actual authentic support. 
Our the band reason- is like actively trying to discourage people from joining. You see the way that they invite people? <laughs> yeah. It's like, come over, but don't sit there on social media with your thumb up your butt or you won't have a good time. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this an advertisement? What is this? What am I reading here? <laughs> what, what, so what, what, so what to be clear, post, sir, they were to be clear. They're they're talking about, uh, and this is in the supporter section for a while now. There, ever since the supporters moved to that side of the stadium, that section that sits between the upper and the lower level is a bar, uh, or is a concession stand that they have labeled a bar, yeah. and they had put tables and in, in, in chairs out there and stuff like that, and they were basically actively encouraging people to 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 uh to stand there during the match instead of being in the actual stands and making it look fuller and being active and engaged in the chants and the you know the 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 songs and, and the activity that's going on there they were basically telling people go grab beers it's okay we don't care uh and so it's a, it's a change and what they're doing now they being the front offices they've walled off that section just in terms of you could still get to the bar and you could still go get drinks if you need to or whatever, but you're not going to be able to watch the match from st- while standing there. And what people were doing was they'd go grab a beer, and instead of going back to the section to go support, they would sit there and drink their beer, and that's 5, 10, 15 minutes that they were gone from their seat, you know, outside of just, you know, bathroom breaks and everything else. And that really does give a bad look to the section when you're a supporter. Yeah, I can see that. And that's what they were talking about. No more, No more just going and grabbing beers and then not actually participating in – you know, in the chants and participating in the game day activity stuff. That's what they were talking about. Yeah, they use my old PR guy. That's right. I came to the defense of EB tonight. Let it be known. Put it on the record. It's still the worst advertisement I've ever seen. And it, it wasn't intended to be. <laughs> but yeah, I was the, reading. I was like, oh, but I mean, to be fair, that's join? the that's the personality or the persona of EB, right? It's it's they're the hardcore group. They're the they you know, are the, they are and they and will fight you. They they definitely they will, will. They will beat you up. You, you know, they, up. but they also want people to know that they are the ones that are going to defend literally, you know, to, to, you know, to blows if it comes to it, you know, the, the pride and the respect that they have in the badge and the crest and the club. And, and, you know, I think you have to have those types of, of groups and those types of people now, now to what extent that's a different story, but, you know, yeah. I do think you have to have some of them because it's important. It, it drives that mentality that, yeah, I'm going to support the hell out of this team, you know, come hell or high water. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I've seen the surge of recruiting, so they're uh, actively Always working. recruiting. They're, they never stop. And they shouldn't stop, you know. No, it's nonstop, and it's good. So that brings me to a, uh, something I added. Uh, we were talking about Dynadose, and, oh, right? And I, I kicked around. I said, Houston Dynapod Dose. And I'm going to do this. I am going to get my 12-year-old son. This, of course, will not sound anything like the Houston Dynapod. It will be very different. You're going to hear, you're going to hear the dad side of me. You're going, to, you're, going to fucking hear, you're going to hear what I like when people are around in real life. All right? so, so this is going to be your son asking you for dating advice. Oh, boy. Oh, no, we're not going to. Oh, you know what? I, I give him boy. dating advice. It's good advice. Mm-hmm. It's all mm-hmm. polite stuff. Mm-hmm. I take my daughter on dates. Oh, open doors, all that shit, all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right thing. I tell her, I tell her, your only job after I get you in the car is to make sure that my door is unlocked. <laughs> and nice. she fucks it up. She messes it up. But yeah, I'm gonna every and now and again, I'm gonna go get a bunch of stuff from one of the Dynapod, one of the Dynados games, and I'm gonna sit them down and and we'll I'll have like a script and stuff for him and like little topics, and we'll just we'll talk about what we have. And he's he's not gonna know that sure. I'm using the audio to make the podcast. Sure. Because he knows I have one and he knows about it, but he's been instructed to not ever listen to it. <laughs> For good like, reason. And, if, and I said, if you ever do, <laughs> if you ever do, everything's a lie. <laughs> Everything you hear is made up just to be funny. This is just a uh, this is just a, a facade, a persona that I I play uh, for the for the show to to drive viewers, right? Yeah, it's <laughs> drive listeners. The, it's, it's all for the people. <laughs> this is this is all a lie. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think he'll think just remember cool. what what is on the internet stays on the internet. So you know, oh, yeah, all I of know. your wonderful stories are going to be there when he, you know, when he's like 15, 16 years oh, old. I know. And he's like, but dad, you did this. And you're going to be like, well, fuck, I have no response to that. As long as Spotify exists, I exist. That's true. I will live on long oh, yeah. after I'm gone. Yep. Yep. So, And that this way, even after I'm gone, I can still say, fuck you, Austin. <laughs> so what do you think our most pressing need is right now? Oh, come on. We it, talked about it last time. I need a destroyer. I need a, I need a oh, DM, that's right. a and true I was DM. We already hit this one. Yeah, we did. All right, let's go number two. What do you got as number two? I know what you're going to say. You're going to stay right back because you hate Griffin Dorsey. No, 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 no. We've got a right back. That's where uh, Zeka's going to play. Um, I, oh, yeah. I want another. I want another center back so we can play our three CB formation and push Zeka and uh, our Zeka and uh, Lundy up the pitch for wing backs. I want a five man back line. He's not going to do that. He's going to play a four through three. Yeah, no, I know he is right now, uh, but that's to me. If you're you're asking me, that's our most pressing need. The other thing I would say is probably a right winger, uh, because right now I don't feel like yeah. Griffin Griffin Dorsey is not going to be that guy. Tyler Pasher, in my opinion, Baird. is not that it's guy. Be Baird. Uh, yeah, it, it can be Corey Baird. I just don't feel like he's a winger in the traditional sense, right? He's a guy that wants to push more inside. He's got um, two goals and an assist. He does, and he's looking he's looking great, but it's also That's preseason. So let's weigh it on preseason, right? Like, I mean, Seba says what three goals and an assist or something like that. Like he's got pretty damn good yeah. numbers right now. He does. Oh. But speaking of Baird, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the next topic is preseason MVP, and he, he's been mine. Nah, Sebastian, Sebastian has to be mine. Sebastian's well, had a fantastic what, preseason. However, what, I will say this I'm gonna take that back. Mine right now, if you were for my money. The best player on this team right in this moment before the season starts is Fafa Pico. Offensively. Yes. He also, I he's my favorite player. He likes when I tag him. He will like my posts. It's Dude, he's like, awesome. He he's is really he cool. loves it. He loves it here. Yeah, he's super cool, man. And he is the hardest working guy. He is. And, and he doesn't he get actually, enough credit for it. He, no, he doesn't does get enough he credit. He gets overlooked. It. He gets oh. overlooked and it's bullshit. What he did last year, those were all-star game numbers. Maybe, maybe not, but they were close. They were voting, being the voting numbers. Yeah. And he got no, no respect. I mean, he was all. by far the best player in the team. And, and I mean, it wasn't even close, but yet people were down on him because he was, you know, he would lose possession or he'd miss, but it was like, who else is doing any better on the team? Like, that's what I didn't understand. It was frustrating. Yeah, there was nobody like, else. Like, what do you, who do you want to go to? And all the pressure was on him because nobody else was picking up that slack. Nobody once else was Pasher, taking Yeah, that. once Pasher got hurt, no, nah, it was over. It was it was, it was over. over. There was no other option. Yep. But my priest, I know you have you have Fedetta, but I have I have Corey Barrett. And one of the reasons is his return from injury. And yeah. the fact that yeah. I didn't I don't think any of us really thought he'd be doing this right now. No. But he he's looked good. He he looks like a larger version of Griffin Dorsey, to be honest. Like you know, or smaller. Yeah, better, I could see it. I could see it to some degree. Version. I think he's a more physical version, just in terms of like uh, build. Yeah. Build. He he's a very technical player, and I think that gets overlooked a lot of the times. But let me ask this: You're talking about Corey Baird. What about uh, what about the rumor of Tiwaino, a player that could potentially be in that same position, a winger? Is that the guy who's what twenty? Uh, yeah, 21, 22, something like that, out of Brazil. Because I think after Corey Baird, I don't think they're looking at Tyler Pasher. I, I think Tyler Pasher is the backup for Fafa Pico right now. But that he, I think Tyler plays better when you invert him. He is, but I mean, Fafa can play on both sides too. So, yeah, and, and I think the expectation is whoever is going to be the backups, they need to be able to play on either side. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think we're okay with Baird. I, I think up front, we, we would need a backup striker, which Baird also is. But after that, it's Fafa. So you need a backup striker. Which is why when we were by uh, we were falsely led to believe we were signing the thirty eight year old Peruvian guy, I was like, oh, that would be perfect. I still like, couldn't believe when people were buying in on that. I'm like, what are you? What? What? I think no. Dynamo Insider put it up. He he did, but he got some he got some bad info from what I heard. Oh man, damn it! I was just sticking up for him the other day. Oh well, he's been right more often than wrong. No, yeah, he, that's definitely a guy you can trust when he's putting out rumors out there, like. You know, he's not going to hit on everything, but 90% of his stuff is, is very, very accurate. I, I trust him and his sources. Yeah, he's 
I like him. He gets he's a good guy. Flack. He's a good guy. He's a fun he gets guy. a little flack guy. on Reddit, which I fucking deleted. I'm well, done. I mean, I'm done it's with Reddit. Reddit. It's whatever. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> done with it. I am. I am, I do not check the Houston Dynamo uh, or or uh, Reddit the subreddit anymore. I stopped that like three years ago. It is uh, a cesspool of negativity. That's what I was about to say. I was literally going to say it's a cesspool. Of, it is. It is of the just pol- haters. It's, it's I just flat awful. out haters. It is. It is the worst. Like of all the social media platforms, Reddit, Dynamo, like Dynamo Reddit is the. And I feel bad because Andres puts in so much time to try as a mod to try to make that a great community, it's and there's horrible. just nothing he can do. It's look, it, it's a lot of people that came over for big soccer forms back in the day, people that already hated the Dynamo for their own personal reasons. And then they come over to, to, to Reddit and they basically spew all of this nonsense. Half of it doesn't even make sense anymore. I know. And there's, I you know, they're just, still, I can't read it. No, it's, just I, I not, worth it. it's me, not worth the negativity anymore. I had a guy like give me advice on one of the videos I made and I couldn't understand what he was saying. I, I literally could not. And then he's like, you should have taken my constructive criticism. And I'm like, bitch, I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> English is not English is not his first language. Obviously, I couldn't I couldn't understand it. It didn't make sense. And I'm not saying it to be mean. I couldn't fucking understand it. Sure. I, I, sure. I could not take your I don't know. I wouldn't anyway. Because to me, if you're going to be constructive, like, I don't know, do something as well. You know? Or do it in like a positive way, I guess. Sure. I don't know. Sure. But people are fucking dicks. No, they really are. They have yeah. no Reddit feels like the Houston version of or, or I should say the Dynamo Reddit feels like Houston's version of Keyboard Warriors. Uh, to me, it's like you ate the spiciest chili ever and now you have diarrhea. <laughs> that's that's Reddit. What comes out of you, that is Reddit. That that you know what I mean? Yeah, that that yeah i know what you mean Reddit, dude Ugh. yeah yeah the soft stuff that looks like dog food yeah that yeah i know what you're talking yeah, about it's yeah. hot and liquidy it's like yeah. Magma. yeah yeah and it probably smells like dog food too yeah but it's you can't even place the smell you're like i don't even know what that is you know like something like, <laughs> i don't oh. even remember the like, worst oh, is when you're so like bad. i don't even remember i don't even remember eating that that happened this morning i was i looked i was like when did i have corn i don't remember having corn <laughs> i literally have it this morning I, was like, I don't remember it at all Ooh. When you don't remember what you had to give you the 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 look of your shit, you know that that's you, you might want to consider figuring that one out. Oh, it was gumbo. We had gumbo. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah we had it. gumbo. I'm sure there was corn in it. Yeah, that would explain it. Yes. But uh, so I'm glad I could help you find your healthy, you know, healthy happy place. Yeah, gumbo so healthy. It's happy. It was good. It was free. <laughs> it's not healthy. It's just happy. Yeah, and I'm happy when everything's free. That's the right price for yeah, free, me. Free, yeah, free is definitely the right price. So, ideal opening day lineup. And, oh, this is so hard. And formation, oh. but we have to agree it's going to be a four-three-three, despite what we we both like the three-five-two. I, you know what I mean? The four, think the five, it's going to be a four-three-three or maybe a four-two-three-one-ish type thing, which still ends up a four-three-three. So yeah, four-three-three. All right. We agree on that because we know that's what he's going to play. And you know what? I'm getting this vibe from Paulo. I like him. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. He's he's the right guy. For he's a little right weird, now. but he has this like odd intensity to him. Tab did, but it was, uh, I don't know. It's different. It's, it's lighter. Paulo's feels, intense. yeah, Paulo's feels more like he's the intensity that he has comes from a place of wanting things to be better. That's what it feels like. Tab's intensity came from wanting to, f- like, it came across as him wanting to be intense. Like, Tab's it also it, a lot older. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was 14, 15 years older, wasn't he? 50s? Yeah, I think you're right. So, that sounds right. Yeah. This is Paulo's. Yeah. Paulo is, Paulo's the youngest coach we've ever had and one of the youngest in MLS. God, I just hope he doesn't flop. <clears throat> if this is a flop, this is a big flop. I mean, I don't think it's going to be fair to, okay, before we get into the lineup prediction, I don't think it's going to be fair to judge Paolo on this first half of the season because he doesn't have all the pieces in place yet. We're still in rebuild mode. There's still things that have to be done. I think it will be fair. I think it will be fair to judge his tactical approach and his substitutions, but I think there's going to be a little bit of learning here and there that has to take place. I think there's going to be a little bit of him teaching some players and different, you know, different things like that. So I just think we have to, temper expectations in terms of how we view 
Paolo's first half of a season or first season out there. Like this was not a hire for immediate success. It was a hire for long-term success. And that's what I'm here for. I don't want to be a one and done. I want to be a, a one, you know, mediocre season followed by five to six really good seasons. You want that sustainable culture. I do. Excuse me. Sustainable culture. Well, you know, same thing. Um, so, uh, all right. So I think we can both agree goalkeeper, Steve Clark, right? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. I thought I'd get it started for you. Clark will be the goalkeeper left back. I got Lundquist. Yeah. I'm going to go Lundy at left back as well. Left center back. I'm going to go Hadebe. Uh, Hadebe. Right center back. Parker. Parker. It's going to be a real quick lineup. (laughs) Right back. Dorsey. Yeah, definitely Dorsey. I don't think there's anybody else right now. I now this is starting. This is opening day starter Dorsey. Three matches into the season, it needs to be second. Zeka. Yeah. 100%. Zeka needs to play within a month. Yep. If he, he, like, if a month has gone by and we haven't seen him, you're doing something wrong. And you know what? I saw a little interview with Paulo, or it was on, uh, on Glenn Davis tonight, right before your show. I fucking turned off Glenn Davis for y'all. But hey, hey, a lot of more people are doing that. That's right, guys. By the way, if you're listening to this and you do not know, Generation Orange airs Wednesday nights, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Central Time on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Generation Orange. Hit us up, give us a follow, and you'll get notified when we go live. Yeah, I, tur- I, I turned them that. off. Shameless plug. And there was, no, it's fine. I don't care. I mean, for real. Um, no, I appreciate it. But Paula was on there, and he was talking about the adjustment period. And he he sounded very serious about it, as if this is going to be not an immediate impact player. In the interview, he, he was very, very specific, and he did not sound overly confident this guy was going to come right in. And it's not – he didn't say that, but it's – what he said, it's like this doesn't – because he very – he stressed adjustment, new league, first time out of, of – uh, where is he from? Paulo? Oh, Zeca. Brazil? Oh, Zeca, he's from Brazilian league. First time out of Brazil? Yeah. This is all new to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he stressed – the adjustment period. So I, I don't think, I think we should see him in the first month, but I don't think he's going to, Oh man, I think it's going to be, it might be a little rough for a bit. That's what I'm getting. The vibe I'm getting. All right. So midfield, I got Vera. Yeah. I don't think there's any question who should be that D mid right now. Coco. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. who should be that, uh, you know, the, 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 the player at kind of, attacking mid on the left or right side left side right side left because on the right side i have cantero yeah i could see i could see those two swapping but yeah that seems like the <laughs> seems like the starting midfield wow this is literally going to be an identical lineup i have a feeling this is creepy fafa sebas baird i mean who else would it be there's nobody else uh, I mean, unless somehow Pasher no. passed up Baird and he, he didn't. didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see that. No, so, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the starting lineup. It's, and to be fair, that's the best starting lineup that we have right now, period. D- d- absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? I think, I think we're better than last year because we didn't start with Coco. Clark is a huge upgrade over marriage. Hadebe is here to start the year. Right back has gotten worse for now. Hadebe hasn't played any preseason now. He played 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Oh, okay. That's fair. I and almost, not, he already had time with Parker. So it was not like they needed the preseason no. to get on the same page. I almost picked, I, I said before, I almost picked Hadebe as my MVP because I got to stop watching Steris on the left. <laughs> He's fucking horrible. Oh, he left. was so miserable. Those, like, those, oh, the two losses in particular, Steris was just struggling, man. That was the worst. I, I think what, what, what needs to happen is Steris competes with Parker. And my boy Sam Junko backs up Hadebe, which hopefully that never has to happen because they are light years apart. Well, it's going to happen at some point because Hadebe is going to be called up for national team duty again later this year. So, but I there's think going to be matches he misses. I think he would be the one that spells him in the games. But sure. if there's a choice, they'll move Steris back over. Yeah, we'll see. Over I mean, we'll see. I mean, you know, it's a long season. Who knows what happens? Anything could happen. I mean, Ethan Bartlow could step up. He looked awful damn good in his in his uh, two halves that he got to play. Yeah, which brings us to a point I forgot about. Joe Corona's gone. Thank God. He, He's one of those players left. that 
from a name perspective, like it was great, but he also felt like a player who was only playing for his name. When I saw him on the pitch, I was like, this is terrible. Why is he here? I was so excited to have him. And then when I got to see him, I was like, oh, that's not what I was hoping for at all. He left about as quietly as he played. Like didn't make much of a ripple. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm not mad about it at all. I'm just like, oh, okay. All right. Bye. See you later. Yep. You, I, I remember seeing you for roughly 15 to 20 matches minutes per game. I mean, does, does Austin want another midfielder? Cause uh, Joe Corona is available. You know, you mentioned that they fucking kicked it around and they were getting excited about it. I would have loved, I would have loved did. for Joe Corona to go there. Yeah. You could take two of our worst players last season, Joe Corona and Maxi. I love yeah. Maxi. Like I loved him when he was playing for us. I didn't like him when he played for Frisco and I don't, I definitely don't like him now. But yeah, I love I that like, he was he was playing for us because I like from a from a when he's on your team, you enjoy his style of play to some extent. Uh, I like yeah. that physical forward, that hold up guy. You know, I liked that. But no, Sebas is, is an absolute upgrade over over a Rudy. And, you know, if Austin are sitting there and they're looking at it going, man, Joe Corona and Maxi Rudy would be such upgrades. How shitty was your team last year? Really? Like how, like, take, standards? Like, how do you not even see this? that you're talking about two players, one of the worst players on the team in Joe Corona, who played like five matches total for us, I think, throughout the entire season. And a couple of those were some of the worst matches we've ever played. And then Maxi Arruda, who scored a grand total of like six goals throughout the entire seven. season. And he had like seven. Five and he had like five, five of them. Be- yeah, he had five yeah. of them before the summer hit, you know, right? Like the guy was on fire and then just nothing. And that's how he's always been. Like he'll have streaks where he's really, you know, scoring all the time. And then he'll have streaks where he just doesn't do anything. He seems like a guy who needs somebody else up top who can score, who isn't going to press. Yep. Yep. 100%. Yes. Yeah. But no, like, yeah, they were getting excited about Joe Corona. And I was like, this is how, this is how small you are. Yeah. Like we've been doing this with Dallas for years and it makes us look bad. When we land Hector Herrera, we will have eclipsed Austin at that point. Oh, I wrote today, and I, I will keep this promise, that if the Houston Dynamo sign Hector Herrera, I will make dick jokes about the owners of Austin FC and FC Dallas until he leaves Houston. Every year until he leaves. Because sure. this, I, I think I would let Ted Siegel make love to me. He has done a lot. He's kept his promises. He has just, I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about him. And I, you know, it would be awesome if he was there on opening day. That'd be tight. (laughs) That would be tight. Uh, Yeah. I don't don't think that's going to happen because he's still got matches to play, but uh, you know, I, 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 I mean, Ted Siegel. Oh, Ted Siegel. Oh, I would, I would not be shocked if we see Siegel throughout the season. No, I know we're not going to see Herrera. Uh, I, I, you know, look, I, I am, I, you know, somebody asked me the question, how, you know, how, how sure should we be about Hector Herrera? I said, I'm, I'm about a 90% right now, based on what I've heard, based on what I've been told. The only thing that they're waiting on basically is Hector to just agree. And he's, as I understand it, there's a verbal agreement. It's just a matter of him, like truly saying, yeah, I'm in for this project. I'm in for this. I want to do this. And I feel like, They've offered him the, enough money that he wants to do it for that, but he also wants to do it because he sees the, you know, he sees the opportunity that Pat's presenting to be that guy of a team that is on the, you know, is moving up, is growing and is building towards something and has an owner that's putting, you know, money behind him. And, you know, and, and I talked about this on the other, you know, on Generation Orange that, you know, one of the things that that is really Streaming important Wednesdays is at 730 on Twitch. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, shameless plug. Uh, but it, it's 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 huge because when you get a player of that caliber and a player with that that carries clout in the international community, it, it opens eyes. And one of the biggest struggles we've had is is we've been linked to plenty of players previously, you know, with the other regime. The problem is that none of them wanted to really come here. You know, they were using it for leverage for other things. But if Hector Herrera is here. And he's been here and he's saying positive things about the ownership and the front office and the way that this club is and the fans and the supporters in the city. If he's saying positive things, that's going to start bringing, bringing, you know, uh, positive, you know, po- uh, positive. Um, God, I lost my train of thought mid mid sentence. It's going to bring, you know, positivity. 
po- positivity, but positive view, um, you know, to, to the opportunity city. that exists here, you know, the, it, it's going to make it seem like it actually is a good opportunity for, for players that are looking for something different. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't like this model. This is not a sustainable model, but there are exceptions to my rule. He is one of them. Chicharita would be another. Vela would be another. Higuain would not. Insigne would not. Insignia, whatever you call him, would not. Uh, basically, anybody that's gone to Inter Miami, no. They would need to be a big Mexican player. Yeah. That is, that is the one I would break the rule for because of the effect it's going to have on the attendance. And the Astros are not going to have they're not going to be playing for a while. We have a chance to make new fans. Yep. I, I'm going to say this. I think it's incredibly telling that the two premier players that Ted Siegel has gone after, Dynamo and Dash, have both been ne- Mexican national team players. Dash, Maria Sanchez, one of the biggest uh, women's uh, Mexican women's national team players, Wow. Well known within the Mexican uh, women's uh, women's soccer Mexican community, and now Hector Herrera and going after him with a strong bid and a strong push to bring him to the club. It, it shows that Ted Siegel understood what he was getting into and understood the community of Houston and what Houston's about, and understood that that yeah, the 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 Mexican community, the Hispanic community, the Latino community here in Houston is a driving force, and you have to have players that represent that. Things are changing. Things are things are changing, and things are looking good. Things are actually happening, and there are we are linked with big people and it's serious. And this is something that we've talked about for years, but we knew wasn't going to happen. We knew it wouldn't. And like I said, I don't think this is a sustainable model, but we are not, you can't build a sustainable recyclable, you know, Academy. And you know, that, that thing where you have the parts you plug in from your end and then the ones you pick up from other places. That's going to take two to three years. Everybody this guy has signed, everybody Pat's acquired, Clark, Steris, um, Zeka, mm-hmm. who else? Whoever, Asibis. Asibis is a uh, longer-term guy. Jesus, I'm coughing. Hold on. <clears throat> Asibis is a long-term guy. The rest are a two- to three-year bridge to bring somebody in younger behind them. And I think we're seeing a good, you know, mixture of old and young. What do you think? Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think that was part of Pat's vision, right? That it can't just be reliance upon young players. You you need the young players to provide the depth, to provide that second, third string depth to be those players that you can call in when a starter needs a rest or a starter, you know, goes out injured. You know, the players that can step into those positions. And then if they show well, then yeah, you give them continued opportunities. But to be able to create that, that, you know, that, uh, you need to have, you know, to start, you need to have a core foundation of players and you need to have the players that fit the system that you really want to employ. And it felt like under previous regimes that we were just picking up players who were kind of available at a relatively cheap price and then players who didn't really have a long term investment here. Whereas I feel like you look at Sebas and Sebas feels like he's he's invested here. You know, he feels like he. He wants to be here. Whether his long-term goal is to go to Europe, I'm sure it has to be. I have no problem with that as long as he's helping the team to get to where we need to go in the process. Um, so, yeah, yeah that I, might, that I might like be the, his goal, but he has to be good enough, too. And he, he has hopefully to. he knows that. Like, at least was good enough. At least is good enough. Yeah. And I'm sure he I'm sure he knows it because Pat and Asher would have like totally put that in front of him and explained that, look, if your goal is Europe, here's what you have to accomplish. Here's what you have to prove. You have to be a player that can carry a team or at least a player that it is a top talent in in the league, especially since you are, you know, you are as you, you know, the age that you are, you only have a very specific window available to you. And we're going to try to provide you with enough opportunity to leverage that window while it's still open. But you have to be the one. You have to be the one to take that opportunity when it arises. Yeah. Things things are going in the right direction. And we have we have an owner that I'm confident in. So 
at the end of my previous episode, there was a question that was asked. Now I'm going to tell you the question. And I actually got some responses from some people that I, uh, I bounced creative ideas off of. So while I'm telling you their responses and they, they nailed them, their responses were so good. And I'll tell you mine, you get to think of yours. Okay. All right. Here's the question. I'm already loathing it. I don't know why. Of all the players uh-huh. on the Houston Dynamo, which one is most likely to be caught running a human trafficking ring? Oh, I already know my answer. Okay. So I went with, and I'm going to break it down for you. I went with Tyler Pasher because Canadian border, American border, nobody would ever question him. You look at his face. He's not, he's not suspicious. He's a sweet looking boy. Right. And to me, Tyler would be running like white collar criminals guilty of, you know, bank fraud, like smuggling them across the border from the U S to Canada, not the other way around. He's bringing them into Canada from the United States. Now, another, another person's idea, he said, um, Joe Corona, because he has ties to Tijuana, Corona hadn't mm-hmm. been cut yet. That's fair. That's fair. And Joe Corona would be uh, running people across the border. So because he's a coyote, it's the good kind of human trafficking. And he fucking nailed it. And the other one was like Darwin Seren, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> he goes, it doesn't matter, but it wouldn't be good. No, it wouldn't be. It and is it, whatever it, he's oh, involved man. in. It oh, wouldn't be funny. good. Like he wouldn't go into details. But oh, he goes, Darwin Seren. So funny. Goes, and whatever it is, it's bad. That that was my pick. Was Darwin Seren. When I said I have one immediately, that was who I was thinking of immediately. Dude, when you asked the question, that was immediately who popped my Darwin Seren. I have to word questions to try to avoid stereotypical, <laughs> violent-looking criminals because you, everybody's going to say Seren. <laughs> Every no, time. I, I don't think it's necessarily okay. Uh, it, it's not so much his l- look that does play into soul it, patch, but it, it's there are certain things about that personality yeah. <laughs> that just scream. Uh, oh, fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they scream like you know that they, they they scream. You know, I grew up in the streets, and I'm more than happy to kidnap someone in order to sell them off. That sounds terrible, but that's kind of what I like. That's the vibe I kind of get at times. So that's why he immediately popped in my head. Yeah, no, he looks like he could be guilty of pretty much any felony there is. Oh yeah, uh, in, like, in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, not any. None of the real weird ones. I mean, if Morrow was here, I would I would technically be able to say, you know, Morrow because Colombian ties and all. It's true. Uh, Speaking of Colombians. Yeah, I've uh, how I dubbed you the professor. And Mark would be my favorite gooner, but that one's kind of (laughs) corny. Rudy Segura Hmm. surprised me with new cover art for the podcast. And it's fucking dope. So Rudy is now Picasso. Oh, I like it. I like it. I have to I have to do a, a show where he gets on and I get on and you can have the Picasso and professor in the same episode. That would and just be cool. So like I'm tr- <laughs> I was trying to think of a name for Christian. Now I'm going to explain how the evolution of a nickname happens in my head. The nicknames that I came up for, the possibilities, the chances. And I'm going to walk you through this from beginning to from birth to death or from from conception to birth. We'll do that. Hold on. I got to cough. All right, so Christian. Christian is Argentinian. Argentinians don't like Colombians, apparently. He really didn't. Okay, check it out. Back this up. Christian's Argentinian. Christian knocked on Quintero once. So I said to Christian, you don't like Quintero because he's Colombian, right? Messing with Christian. So now I'm like, damn it. I've given Sean a nickname. Rudy's got a nickname. Mark's got a nickname. Christian needs a nickname. And I go, what kind of nickname can I make for Christian that kind of fucks with him? I know it's got to be something Colombian. Now I got to think of something Colombian because he doesn't really, he doesn't dislike Colombians, but I've told this lie multiple times on podcasts that he does, but he does. He likes Colombians. It's a joke. Anyway. So I came up with like Pablo or Escobar or Bam Bam. Now how I got Bam Bam was from Talladega Nights where he teaches his son, Ricky Bobby to drive again, because there's two pounds of Colombian Bam Bam under the hood. That's where that one came from. Or Yayo. Like Christian Yayo Putalas. And I know I say it wrong. Or like Christian Escobar Putalas. So I have to figure out something Colombian. And I don't know why. Or Medellin. 
Medellin was another one. I like that one because it doesn't do anything for Escobar, but you know why Medellin was important. Sure, sure. So that's that's how the joke. I, I feel like it has to be Pablo, right? Referencing Escobar, because then you have Pablo, the professor and Picasso. Oh, my God. The three piece. Yeah. 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 And I'm the prick. <laughs> that's it, it's fitting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. See, if somebody calls me a pussy, I can, I can always respond with, well, you are what you eat. <laughs> and then you, you pause slightly. And then you look at him and you go, dick. And then it's like, oh, no, uh, yeah, based on yeah, his yeah. logic. Ugh. So slight burn. But hey, Sean, we are we're at the end, man. We are. It this, is time very for you fast. To give, this is time for you to give one more shameless plug. Uh, that's right. Go check out Twitch uh, on Wednesdays. You catch our Generation Orange show Wednesdays, 730 to 9 p.m. Central Time. Actually, hit us up on Twitter. It's much easier to follow us on Twitter. You'll get notifications when we go live at Gen Orange Radio on Twitter. We also tweet all the time, and I I tweet out after the show's over the uh, link to the podcast on Anchor and the link to the VOD on YouTube, and it's always up on Twitter or Twitch for like seven days after, but it's better to do it on YouTube for my viewing numbers if you want to. Oh my God, am I keeping you from publishing? No, I'm already done. I did it while we were doing the show. Oh, awesome. That's great. I'm literally a man that that I, I don't waste time. I hate wasting time. And that was just like, I was like, I had started uploading before we even started. So I was like, okay, we could do a show. <laughs> it was already done. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I wanted to do this. It was good. It was enjoyable. It was. Yeah. It was a fun time. Always is. Well, boys and girls, that's it. That's all. It's me, Finister, joined by the professor, Sean Ringrose. This is the Houston Dynapod podcast. And as always, Go Dynamo. Fucking hate singing the end of that sometimes. Oh, wait, I got to go up here. Fuck off. Albert Valise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool-ass people.